This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Previously on Colors. 17-year-old Sasa Akil was hit hard by George Floyd's death. His death really prompted me into doing something. She started a project called A Man Was Lynched Yesterday. I kind of announced to my followers uh, just on Instagram um, that I was giving away these postcards for free. Hundreds of people across the country and in Canada have received them. Um, And I was asking them to write to their uh, representatives, their uh, elected officials, basically anyone they could think of um, in any position of power, um, and tell them specifically that we have an issue with the death of George Floyd, but also that we just have an issue with the deaths of Black people in America. Coming up in this episode of Colors. The commissioners for Manatee County in Florida have declared racism a public health crisis. The uh, metrics for uh, health are disproportionately um, negative for uh, people of color. The chair of the commission, Betsy Banak, joins us to talk about how important this is and how difficult it may be. Uh, Manatee County is you know, part of the Old South. It just simply is. That's coming up in this episode of Colors. Simmering racial tensions. Segregation now and tomorrow and forever. Fighting injustice. I have a dream. Conflict looming. Brutality exposed. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The search for solutions starts here. From WTOP in Washington, D.C. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. I'm J.J. Green, and I'm black. I'm Chris Corr, and I'm white. And this is Colors. Well, I'm excited about our guest today, J.J. Uh, Betsy Banak is the uh, commission chair of Manatee County, Florida. The commission is what some places call the county council. So Manatee County, uh, you would know it by its biggest city, Bradenton, Florida. It's right on the Gulf of Mexico and Tampa Bay. And they recently passed a resolution declaring racism to be a health crisis in Manatee County. It's a very interesting position. And uh, Ms. Benack, thank you for joining us. Explain to us why racism is literally a health crisis. Well, um, as stated in the uh, proclamation, the uh, metrics for uh, health are disproportionately um, negative for uh, people of color. Specifically, in this case, uh, we focused in on black people and how their um, the metrics are, are are not good. We don't have um, good outcomes, and and especially it's exacerbated by having COVID right now, right? So, um, taking a look at all of these metrics, and and we've been doing this for a while. It it seemed like in order to create awareness and to uh, address this issue head on just to recite all the statistics and basically say that this needs to be addressed. And that was the purpose of the um, proclamation. Do you believe say a health crisis? Can you give me some specifics about, I mean, I understand that COVID's a health crisis for all of us. So what in Mm -hmm. particular does, how does this relate to race? Well, again, because of the, um, 
because of the metrics. It's not simply a uh, situation of, you know, one color or another, but it is the metrics are what are pointing to the impacts and how people are color are disproportionately experiencing this because of comorbidities, things like diabetes, things like um, low birth weight when you're a baby, things like, and, and, and more mortality when you're a baby, things like higher um, obesity rates. Uh, these, these, are the, these are the facts that caused us to say, well, look, we've got to focus on these issues and why are they occurring in uh, the black community? So that was, that's why it is, has to do with race. It, you know, um, and recognizing that there's a lot of discussion right now, right? Um, I've never heard of your podcast, but I can tell what you talk about. Um, there's a lot of uh, reasons to talk about this right now because we are in a public health crisis, right? And these issues are not necessarily new, but they are made worse by things like COVID where, you know, this disease that we all have the potential to get, but it's much more serious in the black community, the impacts. So, Okay. You know, thank you for doing this program. And my question is, and I've read your pl- your proclamation and um, it's very specific that this, you're not saying that these outcomes are these comorbidities and these other complicating factors uh, when it comes to COVID-19 are based on race, just based on race, but you're saying it's based on racism, which is the process, uh, obviously. So the question I'd like to ask you is, what do you plan to do about it? You've planned, you've passed this proclamation. What next? Well, the, the directive from the board is to say that we're going to focus on trying to address these issues in terms of, um, you know, we're training for staff, training for commission, which was kind of an interesting um, one. I don't ever recall uh, adopting a proclamation where it specifically says that uh, we are going to, in fact, try to provide uh, equity um, awareness and training you know, it is pretty specific what was laid out by by the board. Now, I say that because even though it's yet to understand a proclamation is not a budget amendment, it is not a work item. So the proclamation by the board and the board member who brought this forward to bring awareness has done just that. Where it goes from here is, quite frankly, up to the commission. And we are having a big change in our commission starting this Tuesday. For example, I am no longer going to be on the commission. So what happens next? It's a good question. So that, well, uh, I, let, Chris, Chris, the... Chris, let me ask the follow-up. Since sure. you're not going to Absolutely. be on the commission, what, what's your, what's your wish mm-hmm. or hope for this process? What, what, what are you uh, hoping will happen with this? Well, I, I do hope that we uh, move forward with um, this uh, racial equity training. Again, it's a, a, to, for me personally, you know, when I read this proclamation, I was like, wow, this is pretty strong language. But I kept I read it and read it and read it. And I, where it's it was an unusual proclamation, quite frankly, for this board to take on. I didn't disagree with any of the um, uh, mandates, if you will, the basically marching orders to go forward. So I'm hoping that it will be implemented through actions of the board 
you know, um, that there in fact will be um, racial equity training. Okay. Um, uh, Working with maybe many of our partners, the county spends a lot of money with a lot of vendors, right? Perhaps making that uh, a, a question in our procurement. You know, what do you do to promote racial equity? I mean, these kind of things can be addressed, mm-hmm. um, but because it is a super well-defined, it needs to be defined. And that's the question. Will the folks going forward do that? Well, my, my question about this is we, again, uh, you've declared in Manatee County, this is a public health crisis. And four of the things that uh, disproportionately affect African-Americans are diabetes, obesity, cancer, and stroke. Mm-hmm. My question is, um, does do, do diabetes, diabetes, obesity, cancer, and stroke, is that because of genetics? Is that because of personal choice? Or is that, in fact, because of racism? Because I don't quite see why that is yeah. racism per se. Can, can you help me? Either of you can help me out with that, maybe. Uh, okay. I guess you're asking me. Yes. Um, I'll, well, I'll let the guest answer that question. I, I, I get your point, Chris. I kind of agree with you, but I'll let her answer mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that is you know that was certainly a central question that we had yesterday because you know people say well you know why why when people make personal choices why is it racism if they're making personal choices well it becomes racism if in fact as one of our uh, young women testified to she even though she had um, for example she had lupus but it was not diagnosed. Because it was she was she claimed because it was she was a person of color. Right. That she did not get that diagnosis. It was ignored. And that's not the first time I've heard that, um, that people are not necessarily treated equally in the, uh, you know, in the medical field. And so those kind of issues, you know, does that happen? Is that a problem that we need to address? That needs to be researched. That would clearly be an instance an instance of racism, right? So how about food deserts? We've identified in Manatee County that we have food deserts, right? That people don't have access to fresh vegetables. Is that because they don't want to buy them? No, it's because there's not that kind of investment in certain areas of the community. Again, none of this to me, I guess only because maybe my background, I, I don't see this as all earth-shattering information, but it the fact that it's proclaimed, the fact that we stated it, does it make any changes just by stating it? No. The question is, what do you do with it? Yes, that's always my question is you can say a lot and you can talk a lot and you can do a lot of proclamations mm-hmm. and you can do a lot of political things as an organization, but at the end of the day, what are you going to do about it? So it's certainly something we'll look at. But I wanted to get sort of back to something you mentioned about uh, the person being diagnosed with lupus uh, and uh, Mm -hmm. the diagnosis and and, in situations like this. We've spoken to Dr. Anthony Fauci, know him well, Mm -hmm. uh, and he actually Mm -hmm. was a guest on this program several, maybe a month or so ago, maybe a month and a half or something. Mm -hmm. And we talked about those comorbidities and we know very well, certainly I do as an African-American, what they are. The question mm-hmm. that uh, we're getting at here is what moved Manatee County to do this, because yeah, it's, it is exactly right. This this is a scenario where you have race uh, of being a factor, not because of genetics, um, but because of not being able to get 
the health care that they need. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily um, in place. Sometimes, you know, it's not it's it's a different situation. So does that in your mind, does that rise to a a larger uh, issue in Manatee County? Uh, are, are are there things uh, a result of racism there or is it just this health situation? Well, I mean, clearly you talk about, I mean, income inequality, right? People have a hard time getting jobs. Education has always been an issue. I mean, um, there have been, you know, the, the idea of systemic racism. What does it mean to have systemic racism? You know, uh, Manatee County is, you know, part of the old South. It just simply is. Uh, you know, and I, I understand that many, many, many of my Republican friends get very incensed when we talk about that. But again, if you don't if, if you don't just acknowledge these things, it doesn't mean they go away. Um, of course not. So I, I have I've experienced that uh, since I've lived here. Now I only moved here in 1983. But, um, you know, when I came from up north, it's not things were like way, way better. But yeah, so. By declaring it, saying it now, admittedly, I I didn't write this ordinance. I mean, this uh, excuse me, proclamation. I didn't write it. I supported the uh, county commissioner who did our one and only black county commissioner who did. Mr. Bellamy. I believe. Excuse me. Reggie Bellamy. Bellamy. Yes. I definitely supported him. I thought he was. um, I know how passionate he was when we were right after the George Floyd about trying to make some changes and I thought this was a very, um, you know, very specific and very well written and very brave statement. And I, I was glad that the majority of the board supported it. Yeah. I, again, wasn't surprised that some didn't because there was there was an outcry from from um, many of my Republican uh fellow Republicans about, hmm. you know, not not bringing the racism card into this. I did uh, you know, this program, our podcast started because of the George Floyd uh, incident. Okay. Do you have problems? in? Well, first of all, what percentage of Manatee County, Florida is African-American or minority? Oh, gosh. Well, according to this, um, I was trying to think of what exactly our percentage uh, is. And I well, don't all, know that. Without... Overwhelmingly white. Yes. Yes, OK, yes. Um, the reason I bring that up is that have you had instances where law enforcement officers have acted over the top when it comes to stopping, detaining, uh, investigating, frisking uh, or whatever else um, uh, African-Americans in Manatee? I would say generally, no. Now, I may not know about all of them, but it has not been an issue that has been brought forward to our board. I do know that in, um, of course, Manatee County's unincorporated Manatee County. We have the cities of Palmetto and the city of Bradenton. I have heard some some concerns in the cities, but very minor. Um, you know, uh, our, our sheriff, we have a sheriff, right? And then we have two police chiefs in the cities. I have not heard of, of complaints. However, we just recently did fund um, some racial sensitivity training in our uh, sheriff's office. You know, trying to make sure that that this issue is, in fact, um, brought up and uh, mm-hmm. and there's training provided. So, yeah, it was about two hundred thousand dollars that we funded and also funding the purchase of cameras, recognizing that that is 
um, making sure that we do have the information we need it because Again, I may not have heard about it. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I've certainly not been told it's any kind of a, a big problem in our area. You know, Mr. Bellamy, um, as you mentioned, is the county's only black commissioner. And, and mm-hmm. I, I applaud him and the rest of the commission for passing this, for taking it on, because one of the big problems with systemic racism is a lot of people just don't understand it. They don't understand what mm-hmm. it is. And there are those who do understand it that simply reject it. But I applaud Manatee County for doing this because Mr. Bellamy said um, racism is common throughout the county and the state. And there's no doubt about that in many situations uh, in Florida. Chris would know more about that because he lives there. But I've been there to visit him and I've been there in other situations as well. He said, I may not be George Floyd, but I've had a knee on the back of my neck for my entire life. Mr. Bellamy said that, and I can mm-hmm. attest to that growing up in the South myself. Manatee County's declaration includes 11 steps to address racism locally. Are there any other things that you think are important uh, regarding this declaration that need to be brought out here? Well, I, I think that... Um, you know, I again, the conversation to me is what's most important. And, and we had a little bit of the conversation at our board meeting yesterday where one of our uh, commissioners basically objected because she she said that this is, you know, not just a um, an issue affecting the black community. It's an issue affecting the Hispanic community and the white community. And I, I and the question was, well, what's an issue? <laughs> you know, you don't understand what the point of this was. So I I think, again, you know, the idea that every time you say black lives matter, somebody says, but all lives matter. It it just misses the point. So whether or not people are willing to accept that there is a problem, it's just like anything else. Until you accept there's a problem, you can't go forward. So my guess is this is going to have to take more conversation um, and hopefully people will not attack but that's the kind of political environment we live in, you know, that they're attacking uh, the the commissioners that did pass this for in, in some ways they've stated we're promoting racism. Um, hmm. I find that to be ridiculous, but yeah, that's kind it of is. how people perceive things. So <laughs> uh, it, what needs to be done, it needs to not just be dropped. And so, uh, but there's a lot on the plate of county government. There always is. So it'll be interesting to see how the, these specific items move forward. Well, you've you've been uh, very nice to come on and give us this amount of time to talk about what's going on in Manatee. And I think probably it's reflective of things going on and conversations going on all over the country. At least I hope it is. Yeah. So um, we thank you for coming on. Betsy Benack, who is the yeah. commissioner of the chairman of the uh, Manatee County Commission in uh, in Florida. And we, we thank you for your time before before you go. And I, I wanted to just ask one one more follow up question. We have a couple of minutes left here in our okay. time. I just want to. I think I lost y'all. Oops. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you one uh, final question. Um, you're leaving the board. What are you do? What are you doing next? <laughs> well, um, you know, I've, I served two terms, and so I chose not to run for election. Um, had some uh, family issues that I have to address, so it's a darn good question. I'm not really sure okay. what I'm going to do exactly okay. next. Uh, kind of take a little bit of time to think about it, and hopefully be involved in my community, but. 
you know, been working pretty much my entire life. So I'm going to take a little break <laughs> here first. So I heard what you were saying about um, some of your Republican colleagues uh, and other people as well that mm-hmm. haven't necessarily been very cooperative as the country tries to move forward. We're in a really difficult place now, and I, and I bet you know that more than anybody uh, being a politician. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what your advice mm-hmm. would be to the rest of the country, because people all over the place are going to hear this. What would your advice be to people right now during this divided time? Well, I think you need to, you know, you need to listen. You need to learn. You need to understand where you can, because there's so much um, information out there. You need to get out of your echo chambers and and not just listen to the same um, folks that you've been listening to. Uh, you need to look at what's happening in this country, you know, and and be aware that, um, you know, it, it was a, an amazing election because of the number of people that showed up to vote to make their uh, opinions known. But, we, you know, we, not, we need to have knowledge. We can't just continue to operate in a social media vacuum. Yeah. I, I call it that because social media isn't reliable information. But yeah. that's what I've learned as a politician. Well, Betsy Benack, outgoing chair of the Manatee County Commissioners, thank you. Thank you again for taking time to talk to us. And sometimes our interviews are a little bit um, brusque, but we we try to get to the, the heart of things. And we thank you for being a champion and, and, and bearing with us. Okay. But that is a really good thing that you folks have done there. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank right. you. Take care. Thank you. You're listening to Colors. My name is Sajad Hashim. I'm 13 years old. I'm a black African-American, and I live in Silver Spring, Maryland. Race and racism are not new concepts in America. Racism has always been a problem, and talking about it should not be. My name is Sakina Abbas. I'm Pakistani Muslim, and I'm from Springfield, Virginia. And I think racism in America is an uncomfortable conversation, but... The fact that it's real and happening in our society is should be enough reason for the conversation to be happening. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. That was a very interesting conversation. It's it's something that obviously needed to happen, I think, and, and should have happened in Manatee County. And I'm being a little careful with my words here. But um, it was very clear that they have some, they're undergoing some growing pains there. And um, I'm not very familiar with that area, but um, based on what uh, Mr. Bellamy said, who introduced this uh, proclamation, and certainly Ms. Benack, who spoke with us about it, um, it, is, it is something that has a number of people feeling uncomfortable there. My question, I want to follow up a little bit on on, uh, what Reggie Bellamy, the commissioner who introduced this uh, to declare um, racism a public health crisis in Manatee County. uh, He said, quote, I have felt like I have had a knee on the back of my neck my whole life. You touched on that a little bit, but let me follow up as somebody who knows you pretty well. Um, Have you felt like you've had that knee on the back of your neck your whole life? Absolutely. Even this day, today, this is the 12th of November. There's been, you know, a reminder of that. It it never goes away. And that is one of the things that black men live for. The day when that knee is released or the day when there is no one around 
to put a knee on your neck. Uh, and can you, just, can you give me an example of, of, of how you feel it today? The example that I feel every day and this day in particular is pretty much the same as, is every day, but it's, it's a little bit more accentuated in part because there are days when your workload is simple and it's easy. There are days when your workload is harder. Uh, and it's those days when you have to manage your work, but you also have to keep yourself in check from a psychological point of view, you know, considering knowing as a journalist and as an, as an American, as a black American, knowing that there are people coming to town this weekend for a protest that do not believe that I as an African-American or other African-Americans or people of color are as good as they are. And this day, I mentioned this day in particular because there is a big rally yeah, I know. supposedly planned. I don't know how big it's going to be. And people have their right to do a rally. You know, everybody has that right. And I would not want to, under any circumstances, take that away. But there are people that I know that are talking about coming that have no other ob- agenda or objective than to either harm or kill me or someone like me or to definitely, at the very least, make sure that we think and believe that we are not as good as they are. That's why today I feel that uh, in, a, in a very heightened way. Yeah, that's interesting. I, th- my, uh, my demonstration, she mentioned, uh, Betsy Benack mentioned that this is still the South, and I live a little bit further north than she does. And St. Petersburg, Florida, is quite different than uh, Bradenton is. However, having said that, I see as I drive around here a lot, I see houses, I see trucks, and I see boats flying the Confederate battle flag, the stars and bars. And we know from the discussions we've had on this program, and frankly, common sense tells you that, yes, that's part of our history, but it is an offensive part of our history to African-Americans. So why, and there's a sizable black population in St. Petersburg, why would you purposely put on your truck or on your boat or on your in your yard why would you fly the stars and bars knowing that that's going to hurt somebody's feelings or at least make them feel uncomfortable that's where i would see it that's where i would feel the uh a knee on the back of my neck if i were black and i and frankly as a white person it bothers me a great deal so what do we do about that those. Well, I don't you know, I the only thing I would do about it is I don't think I'd go up to a stranger because God knows what uh, would happen. <laughs> what would, and in Florida, you know, you're almost required to have a gun. So um, I, I wouldn't do it. But if I saw somebody, if, if I have a friend, somebody I know, an acquaintance and I know him well enough and he had that on his truck, let's say I would. And I will tell you now, I will take this. Uh, I will commit to this. I will say, why do you have that on your truck? And then he'll say whatever he says. And I'll say, well, you know, that does offend some people. And then he may just tell me to take a hike. But I will no longer be quiet if it's somebody that I know. I don't want to go up to a stranger for the reason that you and I have talked about before. But um, I I, I will, because that's the only thing I can do is just to make them think before they act. Think before they put that sticker on their truck that maybe that's going to be offensive to somebody. And this is not about being all politically correct. This is about basic human decency. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for saying that. Um, right now, this is really hard. This is really hard to 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 say what I want to say, in part because 
you know, I feel a little bit tense. I feel a little bit mad right now. And I don't want to be because I see and have heard some things in the last couple of days, certainly since the election's been over, that has made me think a lot more about um, this whole project, you know, why it's important. Because I know people that are out there that are trying to make a difference. Um, but then I know that there are other people out there that are simply trying to bring it, just bring it to an end, don't want it to work, don't want it to succeed. And all of this is a problem because right now there's a lot of rhetoric out there about what should be done to make things more equal for everyone, to make things actually just equal, flat out equal. There's no such thing as more equal, but just yeah. equal. Fair is another Fair. good word. And, you know, there are people that don't want that to happen. And there are people every single day that are arguing about this, people that are planning fights and, and hoping that there will be fights about this. And I'm just kind of tired of all of that. But, you know, I'm not going to ever give up uh, pushing for uh, dialogue on this. It's just right now, it's just kind of tough. Right. And, and I'll say this. There are some people that don't want it to happen. That's true. I'm not I'm not going to uh, disagree with you on that. But there are a lot of people that are just not aware and I'll say this, a lot of white people that are just not aware that certain things are offensive or that there is the inequity. That, I mean, this I've known you for 30 years and we've talked about this for years. And yet I have learned a lot over the last however many podcasts, 20 some podcasts than I and I thought I knew a lot before. So it's just a matter of getting people to open their minds, to think about it and to say, oh, well, that never really occurred to me before, because if we don't do that, we're not going to get anywhere. I'm J.J. Green, and I'm black. I'm Chris Core, and I'm white. And this is Colors. Coming up in our next episode of Colors. The story of a slave and the case for reparations. The white owner, the mother, came in, saw this. She um, slapped um, Leah so hard, nearly knocked her out the chair. And then she proceeded to um, beat her for forgetting um, that the left breast was only reserved for her white baby. We have no history in our family of slavery, literally impossible. Explain to the, the white guy here why reparations are needed, partly from me, even though we recognize my family had had no slaves ever. Reparations isn't about you. It's not about your family. It's about America. An emotional story about an emotional topic. The search for a solution with our guest, Michelle Singletary of The Washington Post. That's coming up in our next episode of Colors. That's going to be a wrap for this show. Before we go, we want to thank some people, including Hillary Howard, Mike Jakaitis, Sasa Akil, Julia Ziegler, Joel Oxley, Greg Strassel, Beth Gibbs, Shamara Morrison, Mark Rechtin, Dimitri Sotis, Earl Robinson, Kenny Robinson, Roz Whitaker, Rose Varner Gaskins, Melissa Howell, Gretchen Soren, the WTOP social media team, Sam Millstone, and for our music, Jesse Gallagher, Cosmic, and DJ Freedom. Most of all, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, just keep talking to each other. And just as important, keep listening to each other. You can subscribe to Colors on Apple, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America.